0: What's going on, fam? I finally got to check out the Stephanie Max Kellerman tape on the reaction of Deshaun Jackson. I had a chance to check it out and play a little bit of it for you and see what was going on in the whole tape. As usual, complete evil and racism went on in the tape, and it didn't even it didn't even rise to no occasion. Deshaun Jackson, as we now look at it was full of abuse of white racism by white Jews. And as a result, he turned around and made a statement. He said he was around certain people. I'm sure he went through much time of being depressed after the way he was treated, which I will give it. I know a lot of people don't like this cat, Stephanie, but I have to give it to him because he did turn around and say that, you know, what the Eagles did to this brother was so wrong was so evil you understand and because he did it, you know he gave a little credence to what what you know the brother was bringing out but there's much much more to it And there's proof that blacks are the Jews that's what he was trying they talk about they tried to act like they don't know what you're talking about what you saying was convoluted. There's plenty of proof around that blacks are the Jews and saying and he and he knew that blacks waking up. Is us coming back to our identity and us coming back to our identity means that the ideas of this world get to be put down and Christ's kingdom gets to be built, man. So I'm going to let you check out a little bit of tape take it from there.
1: Absolutely appalling. They have no place in our society and are not condoned or supported in any way by the organization. We are disappointed, and we reiterated to Deshaun the importance of not only apologizing, but also using his platform to take action to promote unity, equality, and respect. We are continuing to evaluate the circumstances and will take appropriate action. Max, I want to start with you. What's your reaction to these comments by Deshaun Jackson? Sorry, did you ask me, Molly? Yeah, Yeah, you, Max, Max, please. Um, first of all, I'm Jewish, so I'd like to accept Deshaun Jackson's apology, but I need to know more. Um, he, part of the quote, they will extort America. Their plan, meaning the Jews, for world domination won't work if the Negroes knew who they were. This is not... Yeah, he, he
0: he's, he's trying, trying to act like that with some insane talk. It's
1: not about uplifting black people primarily. This is about... If you think about it, Deshaun, why black people are in a bad position, Jews are being scapegoated. First He's of course, saying,
0: listen, this is what's so interesting, which is also why you got to look at the other half of this tape. When I, and again, I, don't, I, I know people don't like this cat, Stephanie, but this cat, Stephanie, came out right. Because let, let me just give a little backdrop. Deshaun Jackson is working for an owner that is Jewish. And this owner pretty much threw him out of the NFL or at least out of the Eagles, citing him, blackballed him and citing him as being a member of, uh, you know, affiliated with gang members. Now we hear Deshaun Jackson making a statement about how uh, uh, the Jews are trying to take over and how they're trying to enslave people. He's making this statement because he just experienced it. They threw him out saying he was affiliated with gang members. Now we really want to wonder who it is that he was around because whoever he was around obviously gave him some insight into being an Israelite. He then turned around and said, uh, he then turned around and said in his apology, he said it was some of the people he was around. So if the people he was around was teaching him to be a Hebrew Israelites and the Eagle threw him out. Claiming them brothers were gang members. Now we getting the best part of the story. Now we understanding what's really going on. They saw him affiliating with Hebrews and then decided to throw them out, throw him out. And he decided to come back as a statement with a statement. Of course, add Hitler and stuff in there, but came back with this statement. Why? Because he was trying to, you know, come back up against this evil they were doing. Let's read. Let's hear a little bit more.
1: World domination.
0: He said there's no he said there's no truth in it. Meanwhile, did, he just later on in the tape, as you'll see, he they turn around and say how these Jews who run these the Philadelphia Eagles got rid of him and put him in the street.
1: No plan for world domination and, and there is no secret, secret cabal with some plan for world domination. I don't even know what blackmail or extort America means in this context. I don't think you do either and I don't think anyone does it's unintelligible. yeah we do we know exactly um, what it means and it's, and it's and it plays on the worst kind of anti-semitic tropes and stereotypes um, through the years especially scapegoating Jews for problems so what it appears to me is that the Sean Jackson is susceptible to low quality information we
0: gonna come we gonna raise that quality tonight tonight we are gonna raise that quality and here's a was so evil about it my bad Here's what's so evil about it. We're going to raise that quality. He's trying to say that what the brothers have been teaching is low quality information, meaning ghetto information, meaning information from the streets. When, when meanwhile, their scholars are the ones that came out and, and said that these things are true, that blacks are the Jews and that there are imposters operating as real Jews in the world that are not. And him being victimized by these white Jews got together, obviously, with some brothers and figured out that these people have it in for. So let's not act like this is strange. And, you, you know, this this guy is this guy, Maxwell, or whatever his name is, is laughing and, you know, acting like he doesn't know what's going on. When meanwhile, you know exactly what's going on. You know exactly why he's saying what he's saying.
1: very dangerous to be that way for those uh, especially people who disseminate these messages are hoping that influencers like maybe Deshaun Jackson who are susceptible to low quality of inf- well, low quality information accept this information is true this disinformation as true
0: I got to and- jump in here for a second fam. once again he's saying that it, uh, people that are hoping that influence, meaning he's talking about us. He's talking about us that we're hoping that somebody on high hears this, sees this, believes it, and puts it out. They talk about low quality information or disinformation. Well, I brought some of that low quality information, and let's find out where it comes from, okay? But let me let let me get some more of the tape in. I'm so mad I can't even talk about it. Let me go, let me go, let me get a little bit more in y'all. All right. And disseminate it
1: their influence to get people to agree with it so if Deshaun Jackson wants to educate people then Deshaun you should become educated I dealt with Deshaun Jackson nice guy I like him but and and I'd like to accept his apology not just as a Jewish person but as as a person of social conscience but I have to know more Deshaun when you say you're tweeting this not to offend anyone but to uplift everyone why does it say they why is the quote about white Jews in particular who have a plan for world domination? What is that about? You couldn't uplift uh, uh, African-Americans without singling out Jews falsely for having some kind of conspiracy?
0: Why is it falsely when they got rid of him, when they threw him out the NFL for for finding out that blacks were really Jews?
1: To uh, Jews in particular, to keep black people down or uninformed uh, in order that the Jews should dominate the world? I'm glad, Deshaun, that you apologized. Um, And I would like to accept it. But brother, I gotta know more. I gotta know much more. What you've explained so far doesn't cut it.
2: Max Kellerman, I called Deshaun Jackson yesterday. I spoke to him about it. Uh, he was, he was incredibly contrite, very apologetic because in his words, his message was completely misconstrued at that time. I informed him, well, it's your fault that it was misconstrued because number one, you're talking about the Jewish community. Then he went into a a little uh, discussion about who he was around and what he was trying to say, but still in all,
0: it was a big, listen, this is, that was important right there, fam. It was important, that part right there. You see how he said he went into who he was, who he was around, who he was being influenced by, meaning he was apologizing because of the backlash, but he was learning the truth. And this guy, for them to sit up there and act like these people had no part in destroying his life, they owned the Philadelphia Eagles and they destroyed this brother's life for nothing. And you're gonna see this brother bring out the, the hypocrisy of it. In just a moment, let me let me take it on back to him. Aboluted to say the least, and
2: you saw tried to express himself on video that it was a bit convoluted. So in the end, what it comes down to is this. Deshaun Jackson was wrong. He was wrong to talk about the Jewish community in that fashion, particularly without thorough explanation or of the facts to really uh, accentuate whatever point you were trying to make, because we still don't really, really understand it at this particular moment in time. And number three, and more importantly, consider who he works for. Uh, This is not about the National Football League at this particular time. It is important, fam. Obviously, they've issued a statement and said what they've had to say. This is about the fact that Howie Roseman, who runs football operations for the Philadelphia Eagles, is Jewish. Uh It's about the fact that Jeffrey Lurie, who is the owner for the Philadelphia Eagles, he is Jewish, all right? And this is the man that cuts your check. You have to deal with the ramifications and the fallout from that because make no mistake, there's going to be something, whether it's a suspension or even something more severe. Now... Here's where I will speak up and come to Deshaun Jackson's defense. When he says that he meant no harm, there's nothing in this history that says that he does. He has been somebody that has been a good dude. Uh, he has contributed to the community. He has never uh, uh, disseminated anything close to anti-Semitic remarks in the past a matter of fact when it comes to the philadelphia eagles he should be perceived as more of a victim than a villain
1: check
0: it out it's the
2: philadelphia eagles that let him go in 2013 or after the 2013 season in 2014 it was the excuse under the chip kelly regime and don't even get me started with that where they used his supposed affiliation with gang members that ultimately pushed him out the door and come to find out there was no truth to the assertions that were being made
0: about him then and here's let me be i got to jump in for a second on this so in other words so in other words he was with around Hebrew Israelites and they made it out like he was affiliating with gang members come to find out it had nothing to do with that which shows you that they might be sitting on high with wealth and power but they're making sure that you don't never come up against their message you could be anything you want to be in this kingdom But if you start finding out that you are the chosen people of the Lord, then it's a problem for them. They don't want that spreading and disseminating all over the earth, but it's coming out because the Lord is bringing it out because this is the time of the end. And these people that have been living in America for 400 years are the Lord's chosen people, man, blacks, Latinos, and natives. And it's starting to come out. He found out about it. Many found out and this guy turned around and tried to act like, Oh, There's no uh, uh, conspiracy against you, but then why did you make this? Why did you say this man associate? Why did the Philadelphia Eagles say this man associated with gang members? And then he came out and apologized for who he was associated with and learning about the Jews. It's obvious what was going on. It was obvious that he was waking up to who he is as a Hebrew Israelite. And as he was waking up to that thing, they pushed him out. They pushed him out. And now over so much time, he's probably so frustrated probably fought his whole life to get into the NFL to get pushed out because he decided to learn the truth about who he was. He probably was so frustrated that he came out with those kind of statements that he made and they can turn around and trash it and call our religion low information. Like, like, like they can, he can that same Kellerman can sit up there and say, that you know he's a jew and they're offended as a jew and it was a racist statement but you just turned around in the same statement and said you getting low information so if he learns that he's a hebrew and that they are not then this is low information this is you can just you can disparage somebody's religion like that while turning around claiming that your religion is right let me get a little bit more man, because it's ridiculous man
2: They castigated this man. They villainized him in ways that justified them letting him go. Even though he had had like 82 receptions for over 1300 yards. And there had been nobody in NFL history that had been traded to a team within their own division after achieving such numbers in NFL history up until that point, this
0: is the wait a minute, wait a minute. Got to jump back in again. Like, like ask yourself a question fam. like ask yourself a question. You mean to tell me this brother had a record on the level that he had. And instead of getting renewed, a renewed contract, instead he gets pushed out as though he's affiliating with gang members, like he's trying to bring gang members. Like he's like, you know, he's around gang members when really he was around Hebrew Israelites. He was around the brothers, man. And as a result, he got thrown out, would show you that racism is alive and well, not just alive and well because you're black skin, but very much alive and well if you try and discover your identity and who you are. The status quo has never changed. They still keep us enslaved. And in this particular case with this brother, he believes and feels that this was being done by the so-called Jew, which is why he said what he said. Let me get just a tad bit more if I could. Let him finish this up right quick.
2: The same Philadelphia Eagles organization that in 2013, uh, you had a guy or 2014, Riley Cooper, a former wide receiver there who couldn't shine Deshaun Jackson's shoes. This guy is at a concert. He's spewing the N-word all over the place, directed it at blacks in attendance, and specifically a black security guard. And not only was he not really suspended, he basically got a day off. And then after that, a few months later, he was given a twenty five million dollar contract extension by the same organization.
0: Come on, so man. All of
2: those things are things that we have to
0: take into consideration. Like that like what he like with this brother, again, I don't know much about this brother, but I know that. Some people say they don't like this brother, but what this brother said in this particular point was dead on right. You had an Edomite sitting up there in the bleachers cursing out black people for whatever reason, calling them the N word and all that. They signed a $25 million contract with him because they not offended at the fact that he speaks about black people this way. But this brother that turns around and decides he going to find out that he's a Hebrew Israelite they so offended are uh, they don't even want to get him to the point where he starts even talking about it. They pushed him out way before. Now he's only making the statement now, which shows you, and I could imagine what these brothers is going through in the NFL. I could imagine the feeling that they must go through knowing how many millions and millions of dollars they're making for these same owners that hate them. These same owners that won't let them protest the deaths of other brothers and sisters these same owners who treat them like garbage, you understand? And who the world turns around and says, well, they shouldn't have nothing else to say because they're making a ton of money. How much money are these companies making, man? How much money does the NFL make billions billions and gives away billions and hires tons and tons of people. Meanwhile, this is all done at the behest of these brothers. And these brothers is treated like that. But I hope you're willing to hang with me a little bit because of course, you know where I'm going next. Let's get this low information that Kellerman is talking about. Now this is your scholars. Hold it now. This is your scholars that said this. Okay. This comes from, uh, uh, you know, uh, Josephus. Y'all said Josephus was the, y'all pointed us in the direction of Josephus. You showed us Josephus, and showed us that Josephus came out and said that Minito, your Egyptian historian and scholar from the Roman Empire, turned around and said that the Hyksos were shepherd kings, that they were the lost tribes of the children of Israel. Ma, and here's their depiction of them: black people. So the Sean Jackson wasn't that far from the mark by saying black people need to find out who they are, that that secret is kept from them. He wasn't wrong for that. Look at these people, and let me read the caption if I could. Let me just read the caption under this. It says this: the Hyksos dynasty of Palestinian origin that ruled northern Egypt as the 15th dynasty, the second in the Middle Period. The name Hyksos was used by Egyptian historian Manetho, same historian I mentioned earlier, who, according to the Jewish historian Flavius Josephus, a brother by the way. Okay. Translated the word as King shepherds or captive shepherds. Josephus himself wished to demonstrate the great antiquity of the Jews. That's what he was demonstrating and thus identified the Hyksos with the Hebrews of the Bible. This is what their scholars came out with. Okay. Your scholars dug up Josephus work and put it in a book and sold it around the world and made millions of dollars off of it, man. And here's what you found in Southern Turkey. Here's in Southern Turkey, a stone tablet of the same Hyksos found in 1,000 dated to 1,000 BC. Look at these brothers, man. Look at the braids in their hair and two different kinds of braids. One got the thick braids in the front. The second guy got the lighter braids and then then duplication going behind it. The third and fourth man also had thick braids and one with lighter braids were with different you know, sizes and different structures. These were musicians, man, musicians. And they dug this, this tablet up in Turkey of the Hyksos, dated to 1000 BC. These are black people. Look at them braids and them beards, man. Those are brothers, man. And it was, the, so. Where's so what the hell is he talking about? Low information. This is your archeological information by your scholars, man, in your records, man. Now, I got to tell you this. This is amazing to me right here. This is always. This is one of the first uh, uh, things that I learned coming into the truth with archaeology, y'all. And I just had to show this to you right quick. The name of this book is called "Pictorial History of Israel." Okay, and this book, okay, in this book, written by white Jewish scholars Jacob Rubin and Meyer Barkai, okay, published in New York and in London, they published this. This is white Jewish scholars published it. And here's what they said. Remember now, it's a pictorial history of Israel. They starting in the very beginning. This is their work. This is their uh, uh, low information, Mr. Kellerman. Let's check it out. The mural depicting Israel's bondage in Egypt was found in the Thebian tomb of Rechmai, governor and visor at the time of Thutmose III, 1450 BCE, man. This is their records. They pulled this out and showed that we were black people are the Jews that were in Egypt, man. We didn't we didn't come up with this. We didn't come up with this information. We dug it up. We didn't have to come up with it. We saw it in the Bible and knew what it was and pulled it out. The Bible and your scholars had it in books. We already read it in the scriptures, man. So that brother was on the right track. And once again, this is the price you pay for sometimes for standing up. America, you're supposed to be able to be free in America. You're supposed to have your own freedom of religion in America. OK, but they have basically taken away sports figures, freedom of expression, freedom of, of speech. They took it away from them and they took it away from them and they making sure that they never come out with it. You couldn't even protest brothers, you know, getting murdered on the streets. It took a international protest. Before the world and the NFL, you know, finally took a look and said, well, wait a minute. Maybe we off as hell. It took the world to come out with it, man. You understand? And then finally, they, oh, you know, we sorry for not uh, listening to y'all when y'all was talking about, you know, protesting, killing the killing of your own brothers. We should have looked at Kaepernick. You probably did. They probably did all kind of stuff we don't know about. More than threw this brother out of the NFL. He probably did all types of stuff to oppress black people, man, and to push them back. And that's why you can't listen to the nonsense when they turn around and say, you got to stop blaming the white man. Here's a brother in the NFL and not just no slack brother, a highly skilled brother gets pushed the hell out simply because he finds out he's a Hebrew Israelite and makes this. And before he even made a statement and then they talk, talk about he was affiliating with gang members. I'd like to see this gang member proof when your own sports announcers said it was a lie. And if you notice, they didn't play no tape of Kellerman. Maybe he said something about it, but they didn't play no tape of Kellerman turning around and saying, oh, that was wrong. Oh, they they shouldn't have done that to him. Or Kellerman saying, well, I understand how he could have some anti-Semitic traits or anger because what was done to him was wrong. They dismiss what happens to him. All they hear is you said something about white Jews and, and, and associated it with Hitler. When it's evil, it's evil what they do, man. So this is their scholars that brought this out. Not us. Let me get a little more. I hope you hang with me for a minute. let me get just a little bit more of this. Okay. Here we go. This is, this is out of the, the book of the icons, man. This was also put together by Russian scholars, man by Russian Jewish scholars depicting Moses. This is a black man, man. Woolly hair, woolly beard, bronze skin. Your depictions of this in Russia many, many years ago in the turn of the, re- in the Renaissance. And here's what it said about these icons. It says in the t- in their own book by white Jews that these icons, were discovered under layers and layers of whitewashing. Meaning they took these things and either repainted them or painted over them and made all the figures look like Caucasians. Why'd they do that man? Why'd they do that? Because they were Caucasians. They were Caucasians in the 12th century trying to bring in what they call the Renaissance, which means the rebirth, which what it was meant that they was wiping out all black art and all black history. And all history of black cultures and made them all white. That's how you got your white Jesus, your white Moses, your white everything. All the empires being white. That's why black people are shocked when you say black people ruled in certain areas of Europe, in the Byzantine Empire and different empires. They shocked to hear it because, of course, after the 12th century Renaissance period, black the world was told and taught. And orchestrated by both white Jews and Christians—I mean Catholics in the Catholic Church—and were taught basically that we're gonna make everything white. That's when Leonardo da Vinci and all of them were commissioned to do all these paintings and paint the Sistine Chapel. Was all during this Renaissance period where they wiped out our identity, man, and our culture. And then you act like it's so strange that somebody would even bring this thing up. You act like it's strange. Let me get another one right here. Now, look at this right here. Now, get around this. They scraped off all of the whitewashing to find these brothers, Hebrew Israelites, okay, with brown skin. Of the 12 tribes, this is in Russia, this is your scholars, not ours. Your white Jewish scholars brought this information out to us and you act like we got low information. Well, these are in your scholarly books. Let's get a little bit more. This is, this one here is a classic in the Hebrew Israelite world. This depicts Christ in the center and the 12 disciples in Russia, 12th century after the removal of whitewashing black men Afro's on their head, brown skin, thick beards, young and old. Your scholars brought this out, not ours. So where's the, where's the low information that you can consider disinformation? We are not too sure you haven't been putting out disinformation on who you are. Here goes another image of Christ and the transfiguration, another icon out of Russia that was whitewashed and brought back to its original colors, showing the three Patriots and three patriots, not the three Patriots, but showing Christ, Elijah and Moses and, peter james and john on the bottom seeing this transfer uh transfiguration, man huh? black people it's your scholars not ours i we didn't have to go to the scholars we just opened up the bible and certain found out that we were the lost tribes of the children of israel and the lord did the rest okay the lord did the rest now let's get your scholar that you hate so much here you go arthur kosher Boy, they hate this man. They hate this man to like, I can't even explain. And some turn around, which I'm going to read in another book called chosen. If y'all hang with me for a little bit. Arthur Kosher came out and said for their, for, for Caucasians to be Jews, they had to be a 13th tribe. There had to be as a 13th tribe that we cannot account for. This is their words, their scholars. We just opened up the Bible and found out the Jews were black. Now you mad at us? Now it's are we wrong for finding out the truth about us. No, man, you wrong for the lies that have been put out. Here's what Arthur Koestler said. First of all, I just want to get a quick brief. Look at his books. He got autobiographies, essays, novels. This is an accomplished writer. And meanwhile, you could barely find his books. I heard his books are expensive now on eBay. It was a time where you could buy this book for two bucks. Now you could barely get it. Here's what he said. Our investigation cannot go into problems pertaining to the history of ideas. They don't want to go into the history of ideas. But we must call the reader's attention to the matter of the Khazar Kingdom's state religion. It was the Jewish faith which became the official religion of the ruling strata of society. Needless to say, the acceptance of Jewish faith as the state religion of an ethnically non-Jewish people could be the subject of interesting speculation, meaning he didn't want to go into it, but he was just going to mention this to you. He's just going to let you know that if you were to really look at it, if you was to really check it out, then it is pretty interesting that in the Khazarian empire, they took on Jewish identities and Jewish religion, And they were non-Jews. This is what Arthur Kosler said. Like this is, he said, this is interesting. He said, I'm gonna stay away from it, but it's interesting. And he barely could stay away from it as he was bringing it out. Let me get a little bit more. Okay. Going on, the acceptance of the Jewish faith as a state religion of ethnically non-Jewish people could be the subject of interest and speculation. We shall, however, continue ourselves to the, I mean, I'm sorry, confine ourselves to the remark that this official conversion in defiance of Christian proselytizing by Byzantinium, because the Khazarian empire was between the Muslim Caliphs and the Byzantine empire. And both of them were trying to force the czars into their religion. So they took on Judaism is the point you could all you can look all this up. This is in all a history record. You can go right into Harlem. Now remember now white Jewish people, set up the the Schomburg Museum. The Schomburg Museum is set up in Harlem, okay, for Arturo Schomburg, who was, whose father, he was basically an Edomite. His father was a German Jew and his mother was Puerto Rican. And he went into the, he was uh, uh, treated horribly growing up as a child and told that the black people, Latino people had no contributions to history. He turned around so depressed and made it his life's hist- his life's quest to go out and find out what, you know, black people did in terms of history and in terms of contributions to society. When he went out and did this, he changed the world because of course he was one of the forerunners of bringing out all of the lies about blacks, not having accomplishments in this world. This is an ongoing thing. It's perpetrated here in America we're treated like we are we don't you know we're we're just lazy and shiftless and all about our lust and we don't contribute to society meanwhile they make billions off of us just like they did with deshaun jackson and then threw him out the minute he decided to find out about his identity man, which is so evil to do in a place that you claim is a place for freedom of religion but that's only true as long as it doesn't offend your religion. And his statements like I mentioned in my post, his statements, you know, he could have he didn't have to go to Hitler to get this information. He could have got it right out of the Bible. Okay? But my point being, it was nothing wrong with him finding it out and nothing wrong with him showing that black people need to find out who they are. And he was trying to do it in a mild way, which is why he messed the, the statement up. He was trying to do it in a mild way. Once again, To to speak up against this, you have to become a prophet of the Lord. You have to learn the truth, come into the body of Christ, be taught. Okay, this ain't no uh, street knowledge. This is the knowledge that is in the Bible. Your scholars have authenticated. White scholars have authenticated. And so that's what the brother needs and he'd be able to make the right statements that he needs to make, okay, in in this type of situation. But getting back to Arthur, Arthur, turned around and said that between these two influences, they were stuck in spite of the political pressure of these two powers to a religion, which had no support from a political power, but was persecuted by nearly all has come as a surprise to all historians concerned with the Khazars and cannot be considered accidental, but must be regarded as a sign of the independent policy pursued by that kingdom. Meaning they were not Jews, but they were, it was a political move to keep their independence so that they would not be swallowed up by the two empires that were sitting on both sides of them trying to swallow them up. Let me get a little bit more of what he said. I'm gonna run a little bit for y'all. I hope y'all can hang. If not, you know, you can always come back and jump back in on the tape, but this is good information. Okay. Here's what he said in his book, uh, uh, the 13th tribe page 17. This was written before the full extent of the Holocaust was known, but that does not alter the facts that the large majority of surviving Jews in the world is of Eastern Europe and thus perhaps mainly of Khazar origin. Feel that that's their historian. Don't get mad with me. This is your historian. Put this out. I already knew it cause it was in the Bible. I didn't need this historian to tell me. I studied the Bible under the priest of the most high at 1 West, 125th Street, man. I didn't need need uh, somebody else's records to do that. I went to the origins, man, the first, the original, 1 West. But then your scholars got discovered by many of these people, including Arturo Schomburg, who discovered tons of this information from you. Reading on, if so, this would mean that their ancestors came not from the Jordan, but from the Volga, not from Canaan, but from the Caucasus. Oh man, this cat came out cold. Once believed to be the cradle of Aryan race, and that genetically they are more closely related to the Hun, the Egar, the Magyar tribes, than to the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Should this turn out to be the case, then the term anti-Semitism would become void of meaning. This is your man here, man. This is they scholar. They came out with this. He said anti-Semitism would have no meaning because it come to find out they ain't even Jews. Your scholars are saying this. What you mad with us for? What you mad with the brothers for? The time has come for the Lord's chosen people to wake up. I'm afraid there's nothing you can do about it. It's time for them to come back to their identity. Unfortunately, they have to find their history. You don't have a choice in the matter. You don't get to decide what they will know and what they won't know. You understand? You don't get to see that. Let me go on. Jumping down the story of the Khazar empire as it slowly emerges from the past begins to look like the most cruel hoax, which history, has ever perpetrated Arthur Koestler. He put that out your scholar. Okay. A well accomplished scholar. And, and, and as I go on, let's find, we're going to find out where he got it from and other scholars got it from because this information that Arthur Kochler put out comes straight out of Tel Aviv. It comes straight out of the scholars of Tel Aviv. So this ain't low information. I'm offended. I'm offended. The Kellerman would say this is low information or disinformation. This is information from your scholars. And I'm going to keep saying that throughout this tape to make it clear that it's their scholars that brought this out. Let me get another, another excerpt. Okay. Listen to this part. Good. While this book de- deals with past history, it unavoidably carries certain implications for the present and the future. Yeah meaning his honesty in this record carries some implications that people are not going to like specifically white Jewish people are not going to like these implications. Here's what it says. In the first place, I am aware of the danger that it may be maliciously misinterpreted as a denial of the state of Israel's right to exist. Meaning he didn't put this out to be a denial of the state of Israel, but here's what he said but that right is not based on hypothetical origins of the Jewish people, nor on the mythical covenant of Abraham with God. It is based on international law on the United Nations decision in 47 to partition Palestine. Once a Turkish province, then a British mandated territory into an Arab and a Jewish state. He's saying, look, I'm not arguing that issue that the UN decided it. That makes it legitimate and I'm not going against it, but what he is saying is, but the history says something different. Here's what he said, page 224, the 13th tribe. Here's what he said. The Jews of the diaspora have none of these requirements of nationhood. What sets them apart as a special category from the Gentiles and miss whom they live is their declared religion, whether they practice it or not here lies the basic difference between Israelis and Jews of the diaspora. The former have acquired a national identity. The latter are labeled as Jews only by their religion, not by their nationality, not by their race. This is their scholar said this, said that they are Jews. He considers them Jews. The UN considers them Jews that considers them their position, but You're not ethnic Jews is what he's saying. This is what Arthur Coast is saying. You're not ethnic Jews. You don't come from the ethnic line of the Jews. This is what pisses them off. This is what got this brother thrown out of the NFL on the quiet tip. And I could imagine how many other brothers who have woken up and now we find out they done stepped on these brothers, man, because of their independent examination of the evidence, especially in the wake of them being abused by these organizations. This brother has probably been studying and practicing football since he was four years old. Since he was four years old, he's probably been doing this. And now he get finally gets into the NFL, starts to study his history, starts to be free with himself and look into his history and look into the identity of his people and come to find out these supposed Jews turned around and destroy his whole life because they see him starting to affiliate with the Hebrews and see after a while, this is what the Lord gonna do after a while. After a while, the Lord is gonna shake that spirit off of the rest of the Lord's people. He's gonna shake that spirit off them to be afraid for their careers and their money and their survival. He's gonna shake that off of them and they are gonna come out more with whatever they decide to look into. And as a result, the Most High will start to wake up this nation. He's gonna destroy this whole place anyway, man. This whole entire society is going down the toilet. It's not making itself back. It's going through a patch that's getting ready to get worse. So it doesn't matter anymore what they think or how they feel or what their position is. The power of this society is going down because it is the kingdom of Satan and Christ's kingdom is coming up now out of the dirt. So that's what's happening now. Please let me get a little bit more fan. I know I'm holding y'all, but you got to get some of this good stuff in you. Okay. Arthur Koshla again, nevertheless, the lingering influence of Judaism's racial and historical message, though based on illusion, man, he said it's an illusion, their racial and historical message, meaning them claiming themselves to be the Jews, acts as a powerful emotional break, by appealing to tribal loyalty, meaning it makes them feel like they are all together as one tribe, as one people, that they have to watch over themselves, protect themselves. It unifies them, which is what it's supposed to do for the original 12 tribes. But instead, since they have claimed it and have been living it, they use it and it brings loyalty among them when we should be doing it among us. It is in this context that part That the part played by the 13th tribe in ancestral history becomes relevant to the Jews of the diaspora. Yet, as already said, it is irrelevant to modern Israel. He's trying to say, look, this is irrelevant to modern Israel. I'm not trying to disparage the state of Israel. This is what he's trying to say. He's trying to let you know that I don't have an ax to grind. I'm not against the state of Israel. This is what he's saying. Okay. Yet as okay, going on. Which has an acquired genuine national identity? That's what he said. He says it's a genuine identity because the UN accepted it. But here's what he says: But it is perhaps symbolic that Abraham Polyak, a professor of history at Tel Aviv University, okay, and no doubt an Israeli patriot, made a major contribution to our knowledge of Jerry Kazar of jury Kazar's ancestry undermining the legend of the chosen race. It may also be significant that the native Israeli Sabra represents physically and mentally the complete opposite of the typical Jew bred in the ghetto. He's saying, look, man, I'm not against the Israel, the the, uh, state of Israel, but that Abraham Polyak of Tel Aviv University, turned around and didn't do it on purpose and that he was a patriot, but he brought out the truth that they were actually not really ethnic Jews, but that they were Jews based on the state of Israel. And anybody that finds this information will be shocked. Here's what he said. How important in quantitative terms is that presence of the Caucasian sons of Japheth in the tents of Shem? He called them Japheth because they were in the land of Japheth. What he doesn't know is that the Khazarian Empire is really a family of the Edomite nation, of the children of Amalek. That's who their real history is. They just lived in that region between the Byzantines and, of course, the Caliphs, the Muslims who were coming up and taking over that area. They were living in the middle of it, but they were not Japhetic people. But he believed they were. Nonetheless, even in his belief that they were Japhetic people, he said that they were in the tents of Shem. So wait a minute. He even believed that they were in the tents of Shem. He even said, these are not the people, man, that these people are really living in the tents of Shem. His words, not mine. Okay. Okay. bear with me. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Let me jump down one more. Here we go. Tents of Shem, middle of the top. One of the most radical propounders of the hypothesis concerning the Czar's or the Khazars' origins of Jewry is the professor of medieval Jewish history. This is a professor, your professor, of medieval Jewish history at Tel Aviv University. A. N. Polyak, Abraham, is his name. His book, Khazaria, in Hebrew, was published in forty-four in Tel Aviv, and a second edition in fifty-one. In its introduction, he writes that the facts demand a new approach, both to the problem of the relations between Khazar Jewry and other Jewish communities, and to the question of how far we can go in regarding this Khazar Jewry as the nucleus of large Jewish settlement in Eastern Europe. The descendants of this settlement, those who stay Where they were, where they were, those who immigrated to the United States and to other countries and those who went to Israel constitute now the largest majority of world Jewry. What is he saying? He's saying that Abraham Poliak, I don't know how to pronounce his name, I'm I'm calling Poliak, Poliak, okay. In his book, the Khazarian, this is a professor of medieval Jewish history. Not just any professor. This is his expertise. And he's in Tel Aviv University. He said, man, the ones in America and all over the place that these people, it, it has to be questioned. Whether or not they are Jews. Your scholars. Not ours. Your scholars. Now I want to show you another cat real quick. And I'm almost done. This cat here, let me get his name right. Okay. His name, this is a Southern Edomite and his name is Michael Bradley. And Michael Bradley, he was in Alabama. He wrote a book and he wrote this book right after the Rodney King killing. He was moved. This Edomite was moved by the Rodney King killing. And after the Rodney King killing, he decided to write a book. And somehow in writing this book and researching the problem that led to the riots, he somehow concluded that a major part of what shifted the United States away, this is your scholars, not ours, a major part of what shifted the United States away from, you know, what he considered their more noble way of life was their affiliation with the descendants of the Khazars, which he known and considered. To be white jews this is what he said your scholars not ours your misinformation not ours and let me read a little bit of what he said i'm gonna read it straight out the book for y'all on this one all right and then then i'll, I'll give you a little bit more this is his words with the let me bring it back up here's what he said i got the book in hand right quick fam here's what he said with these German immigrants into Poland came a certain number of German speaking Jews and rabbis in the Polish semi- Polish semi-wilderness they encountered something that astonished them deeply they encountered Jews hundreds of thousands of Jews more Jews than in all the rest of Europe combined more Jews than had been in Palestine at the time of Jesus so there were so many of these Jews To him, white Jews, to them, they were shocked. They were like, where did these people come from? Okay, he was like, where did they come from? He said, these were strange Jews. They spoke a strange language called Yiddish, okay? (laughs) Imagine that. Of which some words were obviously a very primitive form of some Germanic tongue, but nothing like any sort of German spoken in the West. Some words were basic Hebrew, Other were, others were like Russian or Ukrainian, while some words were incomprehensible to the incoming European Jews. These strange Jews wore a skull cap they called a yarmulke, and their rabbis wore, hat, wore four fur-trimmed hats and a kaftan straight off the Russian steppies, meaning it was designed like the Russian steppe hats. They had strange eating habits. And I don't want to go on to into that part, but here's what they said. Who are these Jews and where on earth had they come from? The origin of Eastern Jewry or Ashkenaziism was debated for a long time. It was something of a mystery, even for Jewish historians. This is all they scholars said it was a mystery for their historian. This is what he brought out because these Ashkenazis could not be attributed to any known Jewish migration of the diaspora the they couldn't they couldn't put them anywhere in the bundle with the rest of them they didn't know where these people came from okay of the 10 tribes because their old testament read like the sephardic one it was totally different i'ma jump ahead this is page 181 in his book never needless to say no one has seemed particularly ang- anxious to make these works available in english I'm sorry, I got to go above this. I didn't mean to, but I had to show you this one part. Here's what he said. He said, thanks primary to the work of Jewish historian, A.N. Pollock of Israel, the same scholar of Jewish medieval history, came out and explained what was going on. The mystery of Ashkenazis has been largely cleared up with a pathra of historical documentation. This is their scholars, said there's a pathra of historical documentation. Pollock's first major work was the was a, was an article in Zion, 1941 in Hebrew, published in Jerusalem under the title, the Khazars, conversion to Judaism. His second work was his book, Khazaria, the history of a Jewish kingdom in Europe, in Hebrew, Mossad, Tel Aviv, 1951. Pollock's purely historical, Biblia Bibliographic research has been fully supported by the excavations of the Soviet archaeological artomanov, who located the ancient Khazar capital and recovered Khazar Jewish coinage and other artifacts. They found the information. They found it. Needless to say, no one has seemed particularly anxious to make these works available in English to North Americans. He talk about it's misinformation. Talk about it's low information. Your scholars are hiding it. According to this man, according to this scholar, Bradley, Michael Bradley, your scholars are hiding it. Don't want to translate it into English. However, the noted Jewish writer, author Arthur Koshler, did who I just quoted, did write a particular account of this research and other research relevant to the issue called the 13th tribe, which I just quoted is a very, so there's a, so understand this, all this that I brought out, there is a clear line to their scholars. Pollock started it, Koshla came back with it, Bradley came back afterward, after the Rodney King incident, really trying to examine black people and what has happened to them and how it related to all of their identity and what was wrong and missing, man. Here's what he said. However, it should be, the noted writer, Arthur Kosher, wrote a particular account of the research and other relevant issues called the Thirteenth Tribe. Right? It is very difficult. It is a very difficult book to find in libraries in North America. It is difficult to find. Copies tend to disappear from libraries shelves and are not replaced. The fact have been the, the facts have been suspected for at least a century and a half. Pollock presented the historical documentation as early as 1939. So they've been had disinformation, fam. They've been known this. They've been known this. Say new. Many of y'all already know this. This is mainly for those who haven't seen this before. Let me go on. And Artamanov, the Russians, proved the case with actual excavation after World War II. Here's what he says. It all boils down to this: the Ashkenaziism have no genetic or historical origin in Palestine at all. This is what these three scholars starting all the way from Tel Aviv, 1939. They turn around and said they have no historical history in this. They are descendants of Russian steepy tribesmen who were converted to Judaism about 70, 740 AD because of the com- political convenience. The Byzantines on one side, the Muslims on the other, they squeezed in the middle, they turned around and t- became Jews. These Steppi tribesmen were known as Khazars. The word Cossack probably derives from their name. I might be mispronouncing. And they welded together a formidable empire that lasted at least two centuries. However, around 965 AD, the Khazars army was defeated by Savalov, Duke of Kiev, whoever that cat is, okay. So I can stop really right there. That's enough proof by their scholars that says that, yes, it is questionable who is a real Jew today. And of course, they don't want to hear that because, of course, they're in power. They own football teams. And if you start to study it, they have the power to throw you in the street, which is, of course, if they had the opportunity, what they would what they would uh, what they would do. Okay, what they would do so
2: whether it's a suspension or even something more severe now here's where i will speak up and come to deshaun jackson's defense when he says that he meant no harm there's nothing in this history that says that he does he has been somebody that has been a good dude uh he has contributed to the community he has never uh, uh, disseminated anything close to anti-semitic remarks in the past a matter of fact when it comes to the philadelphia eagles he should be perceived as more of a victim than a villain exactly Remember. It's the Philadelphia Eagles that let him go in 2013, or after the 2013 season, in 2014. It was the excuse under the Chip Kelly regime, and don't even get me started with that, where they used his supposed affiliation with gang members that ultimately pushed him out the door and come to find out there was no truth to the assertions that were being made about him. They, they castigated this man.
0: And they, let, me, let me just say this. I've got to say this one more time. Like they pushed him out the door. And a lot of times we just look at it as something small, but you need to look at it bigger. Now they pushed that man out the door and cut him off because he was waking up to the truth. And they don't like that. You got to find your identity, fam. You got to find your identity out and get back to the most high power. okay? so you can get your nation back. So you can get your identity back let me let, let me just, let me just finish it out because i definitely want you to get the rest of my bad the rest of what he was saying on this all right i went raw on this y'all get it back into the editor's hand in a
2: second him in ways- that justified them letting him go even though he had had like 82 receptions for over 1,300 yards, and there had been nobody in NFL history that had been traded to a team within their own division after achieving such numbers in NFL history up until that point. This is the same Philadelphia Eagles organization that in 2013, uh, you had a guy, or 2014, Riley Cooper, a former wide receiver there who couldn't shine Sean Jackson's shoes. He
0: doesn't get the same treatment.
2: He's spewing the N-word all over the place, directing it at blacks in attendance and specifically a black security guard. And not only was he not really suspended, he basically got a day off. And then after that, a few months later, he was given a $25 million contract extension by this same organization. So all of those things are things that we have to take into consideration.
0: We- exactly. Well, you got to take into consideration he was moved on. You got to take into consideration that they moved on this brother. And now of course he looking for a way to have give some backlash to it. So he turns around and, and, and comes out with a statement, another educator, not a fully educated statement, but shoot, look what they did. At least he didn't go get somebody fired. He didn't run nobody out of nobody's business. He just quoted Hitler on what he believed was true from what Hitler said. So it's a lot more to the story y'all. That's it. I'll see y'all on the next one.